0: Jesus, Lord, we appreciate you today. Thankful for the, the Lord and His mercy. I love it that it's, Scripture says that His compassions fail not. And, uh, well, we need that. Because compassion, He says, makes a difference. And uh, I, some days I need to get up and know that something is going to happen that's going to make a difference. You know, uh some days it seems like we're just stuck in a rut, but if his mercies are new every morning and his compassions fail not, then that means every day there's an opportunity for a difference to be made yeah. in your life, in your situation, or for you to take that compassion and pass it on and make a difference in somebody else's life. Some will say pulling out of the fire, and that's what he said, but... He said, others, we're going to have compassion on them, making a difference. So uh, it's amazing how a life can change if you could just show a little compassion. And so I'm thankful for the compassion of the Lord this morning. We'll finish up uh, the last lesson in this series, The Heart of Worship. I have enjoyed teaching this tremendously. And uh, today we're going to talk about the direction of worship. Because God is always worthy of worship. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's him, if he's worthy of worship, then we must always make him the object of our worship. Yeah. And uh, sometimes people don't realize uh, that, that maybe they're not even doing that. that they're not, well, I go to church, I, I, I give, I do this, but is he the object of your worship? Is he... What you, is He what you're focusing on? Is He the one you're committed to, the one you're serving? In our scripture this morning, Psalm 100, <clears throat> the psalmist wrote here, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I'm ringing just a little bit, brother. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's lift our hands and pray this morning for the lesson. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you and thank you for your word. Oh, God, you are the object of our worship. We magnify your great name. Lord, bless us to receive this word into good ground today. Lord, that we might bring forth 30, 60, 100 fold. Lord, we want to be better in this life, better for the kingdom. Lord, we want to be better for you. Help us now. We ask it in Jesus name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. I'm going to lift your voice early this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Thankful to the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 20, there's a a story that we like to preach about. Preachers love uh, when God just gives you stories that will preach themselves. And uh, in this story in 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat um, felt like, well, it's time to kind of sit back and take it easy. But uh, he had some messengers show up interrupting his rest and told him, there's an army from Edom marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea, and they are already at Hazaron Tamar. Now, that means they were getting close. Jehoshaphat was terrified because of this news, and uh, he was uh, marveled at how fast the tides could turn, going from peace to war in just a matter of moments. And even though he was afraid, the king did what he had been taught to do. He called the entire kingdom together for a time of fasting and prayer. As people came from all over Judah, Jehoshaphat gathered them together in the courtyard outside the temple. The nation sensed the gravity of the the moment and listened as their king offered this prayer. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity come upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so knowing that God is able to do anything and knowing that God can defeat any enemy is one thing. But turning your heart and your cry to Him is another. There's a lot of people uh, know an answer but refuse to receive an answer. You know, sometimes people will ask a question, get an answer, but uh, they just don't take the advice. They don't heed the warning. They don't heed uh, what's been given them. But Jehoshaphat knew that God was the only hope they had. And he made it clear in his prayer while they stood in his presence that their hearts were turned in God's direction. The prayer and worship uh, they were offering at that moment was aimed at the Lord. Jehoshaphat admitted that they did not know what to do, but that their eyes were on God. Let me tell you, you can't get your eyes off Him. One scripture says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Let me tell you, don't ever get your eyes off your answer. I know sometimes that things get hard and we can really go through trials and tests and we can get like this I don't know what to do, but make sure that you follow that up with this. But my eyes are on you. I know that I don't have an explanation. And I know I don't have an answer, Lord, but I do know this, that you said with every temptation you would make a way of escape that I would be able to bear it. So I know that this is not the end of me. I know this is not where the train stops for me. I know that you're going to make a way where there is no way. If you can open up the Red Sea and let about 600,000 Jews cross it to escape Pharaoh and his army, I know that you can work in my situation. That's exactly what God was teaching Moses and Israel at that point. They were crying out, they were upset, They, well you've walled us in Moses, look what you've done, you've brought us to this point and here we are, there's nowhere to go, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You just need to stop for a minute and see what God is about to do. And then they sang a song at the other side that God has overthrown the, the horse and his rider, the chariots in the sea and and, and God told him, said, this, this army you see today, you're not going to see them anymore forever. This is it. So take a good look if you want to remember what they looked like, because I'm about to cover this up. I'm going to take care of this thing that's after you. I'm going to take care of this thing that wants to kill you. I'm going to bring you through. I'm going to make a way where there is no way. And Jehoshaphat knew that they needed. God's help in this, and their eyes were steadfast on their answer. As his prayer came to an end, the attention of the people was still toward heaven, and their ears were attuned to listening to God's voice. Then the Spirit of the Lord moved upon a Levite named Jehazael, and he began to prophesy, This is what the Lord says to you, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but this battle is the Lord's. Oh, if we could just get attuned to listening for the voice of God in the middle of these things and understand that there's an answer, there's a word coming to give you peace and the word that will calm you in your situation. It'll keep you from bolting and running and, and losing your mind. If we just realize that it's not ours, but it's the Lord. God has told us, to endure. God has told us to be strong but God has said I will fight. God will fight our battles. There are things that go on in this world today that he knows we can't handle and that's fine because he knows he can handle it. He doesn't expect you to come up with any kind of answer. He knows that there is no answer for you to do. You can't build anything or make anything or buy anything that will fix it. He wants you to pray. He wants you to seek His face. He wants you to trust Him. He's trying. Uh, you know, One place it said that the Lord tries His saints. He tries us. And and he wants to see where is your faith? What are you going to do when it turns into this? I'm trying you. Job said, I know he's trying me. And when he's done, I will be like gold. And so I know today that God is working on my behalf. It may not always be easy in that fire. It's not always easy in that trying time. But I do know that God will come through. God is faithful. And I want to hear an answer from his word. I want to hear God uh, speak in my situation or I want to find something through prayer. Sometimes when I'm discouraged and I'm cast down and I I know that I've got to have an answer and I'm listening for thunder and lightning, but if I could just open this book and begin to read and, and look and realize that, oh, okay, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know that right now I'm in 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 heaviness through manifold temptations, but 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 God's going to make a way. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. But well, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And oh God, I'm so upset and I'm so torn down, but you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've uh, given me the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There's an, there's an answer right here sometimes. Sometimes we can be struggling and we feel like we're just hanging on, but we'll read and look and realize that it says, Hey, let patience have her perfect work. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Wait upon the Lord and He shall renew your strength. Keep your eyes on your answer. When the prophecy went forth, the people fell on their faces and worshipped the Lord For his promised power, provision, and deliverance. They begin to praise him. You know, go ahead and and start worshiping because your answer's here. How many times have you worshiped with your word? Not just read it, not just scanned through it, but but opened it up and, and with it before you worshiped at the answer that you just came across and Oh God, You are my deliverer. You are my strong tower that I run into. Lord, it's You. And just worship God for the answer that was in His Word. you ever cried tears into your Bible? you ever been reading that Word and just wet the pages of your Bible with your tears because you're not sad, rejoicing, and just broken over that God cares that much about us that He gives us an answer in His Word? I needed something, God, and I opened it up and there it was. And let me tell you, that's as good as any thunderbolt or lightning. And i tell you, yeah, it's something to hear the, the voice of God, but every time you open it, there it is. His Word, that's Him that you're reading. It's Him, it's His essence, it's who He is, it's what He does. It's the promises to the saints of God. They used to sing that old song, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, and every line. Let me tell you, I'm thankful for the Word of God today. Now when these people worshipped and they began to just praise God for what he said uh, to further demonstrate uh, Jehoshaphat's priority of worship, early the next morning Jehoshaphat sent singers and musicians to lead the army into battle. And they marched with their eyes upon the Lord. They moved forward in the direction of their enemy, but their hearts were turned in the direction of their Creator." And so sometimes when we're heading into battle, we can see what's before us, but our hearts are ever turned toward our help, toward the Lord. And the result of this was that God defeated this army. The soldiers didn't have to fight. They just had to worship. And God, let me tell you, if you have not been utilizing your worship to help get you through your storm you are missing out on something tremendous. Sometimes we, 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 we're praying, I know, and you're doing different things, but have you ever just said, let me just worship God through this? I'm listening for God. I'm thinking about all kinds of things. I, I don't sleep because of it. I, it's all, but have you just worshipped, worshipped, worshipped? Worship God for your deliverance. Worship God for your answer. Worship God for your healing. Whatever it is you need for your family to be put back together, for financial blessing, whatever it is. Have you just worshipped God in the middle of your struggle? That's what Job did. We've talked about this in these prior lessons. And you know how that when Job had received all this bad news, that he, he goes out and he rinses clothes, falls down in the dust, and worships. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He, he, yeah, his eyes were looking at the destruction around him, but his heart was always toward his answer. Yes. And so maybe it's time to start worshiping more. And I, and I know we worship God in a lot of ways. In our lifestyle we worship God. Sometimes just in, in obedience to the Word, living by His Word, that's a form of worship to God. But I think sometimes there needs to be a vocal, physical demonstration of worship if it's just in your car, if it's in your house, in your prayer room, uh, certainly in the sanctuary. There ought to be some worship going on in this place and praise for what God's bringing us through and for the answers that He provides. I want to make sure that my worship is directed toward Him. That he is the object of my worship. Because there's benefits to that. We are all worshipers. Every one of us. All of us. I'm talking about not even in this room, but in this world. Everyone, saved or unsaved, Christian or non-Christian are worshipers. Religion does not matter in worship. It's not about religion. The truth is that we will worship Someone or something, no matter who we are. The difference between worshipers is not always in their style or their expression. The difference lies in the object of their worship. There are a lot of people that are just as dedicated to worshiping other gods as we are to our God. There are are some people who are just as dedicated to worshiping things in this world as we are to worshiping God. It's not in our style or expression. It's what we worship. It's what we spend our time on, where we spend our time uh, with. We talked about that some even on Wednesday night in in our uh, life for God, how that we give and pray and fast. And and sometimes in our giving, uh, and I'm not just talking about monetary things, I'm talking about giving of our time, giving of ourselves, is what you give yourself to will reveal your character. And, and what you think about giving. And so uh, the f- true followers of Jesus will worship him alone. Anything else is idolatry. We can't have any other gods before him. Jesus even answered when he was tempted in the wilderness of Satan in Matthew 4 and 10. He said, Jesus said unto him, get thee hence. Get out of here, Satan. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thy serve." When something is trying to pull your attention away from God, if something is taking your uh, thoughts away from Him or taking your attention away from Him, rest assured, it is not the Lord. It will be the enemy of the Lord. It will be the enemy of your soul. It will be that roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Anything that tries to pull you away from your time with God, your worship with God, your consecration to God, any person that tries to do that, Uh, It's the same thing. Uh, That's the enemy of your soul. Do not let things and people move you from what God has done in your life. It's hard sometimes people say, I I just don't believe, in this word there, I just don't believe there's one way. But there is one way. Jesus said, I am the way. And I am the truth. I still believe that there's one Lord and one faith and one baptism. I still believe... That we are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And, and I know that that's hard for our minds to comprehend. And I know it's hard for people in this world who want to coexist. But let me tell you something today. There is a way. And I believe that if anything tries to pull you away from that way, then you need to get rid of it. Jesus said, man, cut your hand off. Pluck your eye out, but don't be lost. I'm paraphrasing him. You know the scripture I'm talking about. He, he said it'd be better to be lame, to be halt, or to be blind than to enter into uh, to a place reserved for the devil and his angels. I don't want to go there. I want to make sure that I am doing the things uh, that he wants me to do, and I don't want to let anybody hinder me. I want to worship this God who has saved me. The world is full of worshipers. They worship other gods and other things. You'll find people who worship pleasure. It does not take a detective to find out that those who worship at the altar of self. But this is not new. Paul warned the the church in in Romans chapter 1, in 1 and 25, he said, there are people who have changed the truth of God into a lie see, we, we've got to be careful. One thing that helps you keep the truth in view is your worship. Because when you will worship Him, He will lead you. When that Holy Ghost is inside of you, He will lead you into all truth. And so there are those who have changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. He's telling us, he said, these kind of people... Uh, They want to worship and serve creation more than the Creator. And when that happens, the truth of God becomes a lie to them. Whenever we get away from the truth of God, we start finding ourselves being self serving, trying to please ourselves. The eleva- this elevation of flesh, it led these people into abominable and sinful practices. If you've read Romans chapter 1, you know what he's talking about. And it drives them further and further away from God until God actually, in verse 28, says that God gave them over to a reprobate mind. So they could just do these things that were uh, awful and, and terrible and, and because they just refused to receive the truth and to worship God in spirit and in truth, and they turned it into a lie just to please themselves. When we worship the creature, we are worshiping in the wrong direction. Before we know it, we, we, it moves us farther away from God. And here's the thing, if, if the end result of worshiping self and sinful pleasure is abandonment by God, I don't want God to leave me on my own then I don't want to ever allow myself to even entertain the thought of that kind of worship. I want it to always be not my will, but thy will. Not my way, but your way. Not what I want, but what you want. I I want to make sure that I am worshiping God. He is always worthy of worship. We must make Him the object of our worship. Turn our worship in the right direction. Refuse to worship self. Refuse to elevate human accomplishment higher than God's mighty acts and His excellent greatness. The Lord is to be the object of our worship. In our opening scripture, the psalmist told us to make a joyful noise, but not just in any direction. He didn't say make a joyful noise unto the world, make a joyful noise unto one another, but make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And when we turn this joyful noise, this praise, this worship, this adoration toward the Lord, we are identifying the source of our joy and the originator of our blessings. When we make that joyful noise, noise, too many people quiet. Make some noise. Make some noise in the house of the Lord. Make some noise in your prayer room. Make some noise... Worshipping in your car. Make some noise uh, when you're singing with the choir. Make some noise. I'm not talking about just rattling stuff and beating stuff. I'm talking about uh, directed toward God. It's a joyful noise unto the Lord. See, a lot of times we'll say, make a joyful noise, but it's unto the Lord. So, you think he likes to hear anything better than your voice? If he gave you the ability to play on one of these instruments... Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He knows that you couldn't play it if He didn't give you the ability to. Oh well, I learned that by long hours. Let me tell you, I don't care. I know some people that have practiced for hours and hours and years and years and they still can't play. Because if God don't give put that in you, let me tell you, I'm one of them. Music did not get put into this body. I like music, but I do not play music. I can't hear parts. I can't stay on tune. That's not me. I can't play anything. I would love, if I could play guitar, I would let, it. sorry, Oscar, you'd be out of job today. <laughs> if I could play a guitar, i love an electric guitar. Tried for about five minutes to learn. I realized, this ain't me. A man's got to know his limitations. can't? And so I just realized, well, I'll just enjoy it. So I enjoy it. But let me tell you, nobody enjoys that more than God does. To know that this creation of His is playing unto Him. Praising Him on the stringed instruments. Yeah. Praising Him on the organ and the cymbals and the high sounding cymbals. But, but oh then, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Yeah. Oh, give God glory. Give Him honor. Lift your voice, And you know what? You can praise they There no tune to, to that. Ain't no note that you got to be. Ain't no key you got to be in. It's no tempo for that. It's just lifting your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I praise you and I love you. You saved me. You delivered me. Oh, you called me out of darkness into your marvelous light. You, you've made me a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a child of God. You filled me with your spirit. You adopted me into the body. Oh, God, you washed me whiter than snow with your blood. And It is it's on and on and on and on. And that's what you know from God. That's directed to him. Ooh. Ah, I feel the Holy Ghost. And i am tell you, when you start worshiping toward God, when, that, when you get the direction right, when you, you, know, you get the direction right, don't worship your pastor. Don't worship the evangelist. Don't worship the choir and the music. Don't worship them. Worship with them. Preach with them. Serve with them. But all of it goes Toward God. Get it in the right direction. And when it starts going in the right direction, we used to always say when the praises go up, the the glory comes down. When When we've got the direction right, God starts inhabiting the praises of his people. God starts fighting off the armies. God starts delivering. God starts setting free. And I'm talking about Paul and Silas, oh, praying and praising and singing. They could see. They knew what, what the story was. They knew what was about to happen. But their heart was still toward God. And their worship went up toward God. And chains start falling off and foundations start shaking and doors start flying open. And hey, let me tell you, if people start getting saved, Wounds start getting healed. You know, that, that jailer took them home and dressed and cleaned their wounds. Things that had happened to them got better because they could still worship in the darkest part of the dungeon. Oh, when the direction is right, when well, we get going in the right direction. Oh, I want to walk in the right direction, but I want to worship in the right direction. Boy, oh, I, I tell you, why don't we just try that for a minute? Why don't you just lift your hands in here and just lift your voice to the Lord for a moment. why don't we just worship in the right direction for a moment? Well, I'm thankful for what you've done for me God. Ah, hallelujah, come on let's go ahead and get go ahead and get started today. we might as well. God's been good already. Hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Do you feel that? Do you feel that already this morning? Oh, when you start worshiping in the right direction, it don't matter about the baggage you brought in. It don't matter about the things that are waiting on you outside. Your help's coming. You start feeling that that glory. You start feeling a little release. You start realizing God's about to work on my behalf. I'm thankful, I'm thankful, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, you can be seated. You know, We've learned about this earlier, we talked about David, how they brought the ark back and, and David was dancing before the Lord and, and he was worshiping and his wife looked out the window, she just despised David for this display. But he said, oh, I wouldn't worship him for you. I wasn't worshiping for the people. This was 2 Samuel 6 and 21. But he, uh, he said, but it was before the Lord which chose me. I wasn't doing this for somebody to say, man, check out his moves. I wasn't doing this to so, say, man, my king can go. I was doing this before the Lord. I was doing this because he chose me. And when I was just, hey, I was minding my own business. I was sitting on the other side of the field watching my father's flocks. I had no idea this was coming. But it was God sent for me. And it was the man of God poured the oil on my head because God chose me. And that's who I was dancing for. And, and he, he went on to tell me, said, Let me, I'll be more vile the next time. I'm going to do it even more the next time because uh, God is good all the time and he will always be the object Of my worship. So I will always worship uh, to Him and and I'm going to worship in the direction of the one who has blessed me and chose me and even forgiven me. So the joyful noise that we make should follow that same kind of pattern. Has He blessed you? Has He chosen you? Has He called you out of darkness? Has he ever done anything? Has he ever worked a miracle out for you? Sure he has. So let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I know I'm getting getting caught up. I don't want to run out of time. In Psalm 100, continuing, he keeps going in the direction of the Lord so we make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But then in verse 2 he says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. And I love this little verse right here. It is he that hath made us. Now, sure, in his image, I know, I get that he created us from the dust of the earth and formed us in his image breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. And man is created in the image of God. I got it. Know that. That's how he made us. But that sure does cut that scripture off if, that, if that's all you see in that. Because it is he who has made us to overcome. It is he that hath made us to be victorious. It is he that hath made us whole. It is he that has made us to be washed and clean and white in the blood of the Lamb. It is He who hath made us to endure, to be strong, to be at peace, to have joy, to be His children, to be saved. And one day, it'll be He who hath made us to stand in His presence in glory forever. Let me tell you, it's Him. You you don't get it. I'm telling you that there ain't nothing going on in this earth. Let me tell you, without Him, Jesus said, we can't do nothing. But Paul said, I can do all things through Him, through Christ. It gives me strength. And so I, I know today that it is He who hath made us. And when we're praying for victory, it comes from Him. When we're praying for healing, it comes from Him. He is a healer of all our diseases. When we're praying for mercy and forgiveness, it is God who has forgiven all our sins and all our iniquities. It's Him. And so it is He who has made us and not we ourselves. That helps us keep the focus on Him, understanding that it did not come from me. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. And so, not only should our joyful noise be unto the Lord... But when we serve, we are to serve in His direction. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve who? Serve the Lord, not ourselves. When we serve others, are we doing it for recognition? Are we doing it for uh, reputation? Are we doing it for our own personal gain? Or is our service to others being offered as a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord? When we serve others with the desire to please God in the process, the Lord accepts our worship of service as worship unto Him. As you continue to read uh, through here, the passage reveals absolute focus on God in every action that we take. We come before His presence with singing. That's why we have choir and music. It's not for entertainment. We're coming into His presence. And then this, is, this next one is very important. We, are, uh, we enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. And I, I've taught this before. It is, it's neat if you ever just study some things. But that word thanksgiving is not, it ain't got nothing to do with the holiday. It ain't got nothing to do with stuffing and dressing and cranberry sauce. You might be thankful for that. That's not what it's talking about. But when you enter into his gates with thanksgiving, that word actually talks about an extension of the hand. And then the word that it comes from actually means like throwing something or shooting an arrow in a direction. And so when we enter into his gates with thanksgiving... There's an extension of the hand. That's, why you always lift your hands? Because we're thanking Him. We're entering into His gates with thanksgiving. You ever try that? Thank you, Lord. You're, 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 you're directing it toward Him, and I know He hears your voice, but, but there's a, a scripture here. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Throw in some praise. Throw in some worship toward Him. Directing it, Lord. You see. Where it's going. I'm directing it into His courts with praise. And and so I I realize that you can be in His presence. But not be on His property. Because this is how you enter in. Thanksgiving. Praise. So you can come in. And you know what? If we all got quiet as a mouse. He's here. And I'm in His presence. But I'm not on His property. I'm not... Before that throne of grace I'm not right there It's just like that day that Jehoshaphat went out God's everywhere He was already on that battlefield You know what moved him? The praise and the worship You know what brought deliverance? The praise and the worship The obedience, that that prayer of faith that God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so I realized uh, in my time serving God that uh, I don't want to just be in his presence. I want to be on his property. I want to be in his courts. I want to be before his throne. I want to be where it's handed out. I want to be where the glory is coming down. They used to say, I want to be under the spout where the glory is coming out. I want to be where it's raining on me. I want to be where I can feel it. I want to be where I can experience, but I want to be where I can be changed by it. I don't want to just come sit next to believers. I want to be a believer. I don't want to just sit next to worshipers. I want to worship. I want to make sure that I am doing my part. I want to worship God. I want to direct it to Him. And I want to make sure that I don't miss Him. Oh, He walked among them. They were made by him, and they knew him not. He wept over them said, you didn't even know the time of your visitation. Miracles, signs, and wonders, but you were never even close to. Oh, with your your mouth. Oh, yeah, with your tongue. you're, You're saying all the right things, but your heart was far from me. But it's out of the heart where the issues of life are. It's out of the heart of man where things proceed from and things come out of that and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And when that heart is full of worship it's going to thank you God. I praise you God. I love you God. I don't know what's going on but I trust you God. It's going to always have the right things to say toward him. So worship is about being where he is and being pointed in his direction. It is realizing that He is responsible for every blessing and every good thing. We are to make His name known and to make sure our lives reflect well on His name. You can just lift your voice and worship God for what He's done for you. Isn't that great? You don't know like I know what He's done for me. Hallelujah. The psalmist wraps up with three reasons very compelling reasons to make our worship all about Him. The first reason is the Lord is good. There are moments in our life when our flesh may question this. There may be situations in this world that seem to challenge the validity of this claim, but when everything has been considered, when all is said and done, the truth of this statement remains, the Lord is good. Jesus said, there is one good. That's God. He's good. Paul, yeah, I got a little something happening here. Paul said to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 13 and 12, he said, we don't, he was trying to explain, we don't see things all like we should for now. In this time, in this life, we see through a glass, darkly. We don't don't understand what's going on, but there is coming a time where we're going to see it, it's just like seeing somebody face to face I'll know everything right now I just know it in part but then I'll know even as I am also known And so we're not able to understand everything with our, our little finite minds but God, uh, he's got an answer his ways are higher than our ways and his purpose far exceeds our understanding trusting in the midst of tragedy calls for faith but if, we, if our hope is in him and our worship is toward him it will never fail in John 16 and 33, Jesus, he, he told his disciples, he said, the things that I've told you, I've spoken, that you might have peace. He said, I've said some things to you, even though they were troubling, I said it so you would have peace, because at least you won't be caught by surprise. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In other words, we're going to have suffering in this wor- world, but God is still good. We'll have questions, but God is still good. There'll be dark days, long nights, and difficult seasons, but through it all, God is still good. That doesn't change. And we know this, Romans 8 and 28, that all things work together, and we know. Do you know it? Trust what you know. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called. According to his purpose. So God's good. And God's always going to work for our good. Honey, you can come on to the music. I'm going to try to wind down. The second reason for us to make our worship all about him, his mercy is everlasting. We was talking about that at the beginning of the service. His mercy is everlasting. It never runs out. In King James Version, mercy, it uses mercy while most other translations, uh, they'll use loving kindness, love or unfailing love. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John 4 and 8 that God is love. And then Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 13 and 8 that love never fails. God is love. Love never fails. God will not fail you. The third reason for us to make our worship all about Him is that His truth endures to all generations. And when reading this portion of Scripture verse 5, some will jump to the conclusion that the truth of God and the forever settled doctrines of Scripture will endure to all generations. And that is true. The truth of this statement is not necessarily what the psalmist had in mind. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. You can count on that. You can count on the truth of His Word and know that it will never change. But the psalmist wanted us to understand what the Hebrew word meant there, where it means firm, steadfast, and faithful. In other words, the Lord is forever faithful. He is faithful to His Word. He is faithful to His promises. And the fact that His faithfulness extends from generation to generation, that's evident. Has God ever healed you? If if you've ever had God touch you and healed you, anybody. Yeah. Now, has He ever healed anybody else that you know in your family? From generation to generation. Anybody here more than first generation apostolic? Got several generations of it. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all who are far off. When people that you know weren't even alive, not even close to being alive yet, God went ahead and made that promise. It's unto you and to your children and all who are far off. And that's why we've had great grandparents, grandparents, parents being filled with the Holy Ghost, living in truth, walking in truth, because it endures to every single... His faithfulness, His promises endure to every generation. And if He tarries, it's going to be extended for generations to come. If God waits another hundred years before He would come back in a hundred years, somebody will still be getting filled with the Holy Ghost someone will still be getting baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody will still be experiencing the goodness of God's Word and the promises that He offers. Because God is always worthy of worship, let's stand together. Let us make Him the object of our worship. For truly we were made to worship only Him. There is no other God that deserves our praise. Because no other God delivered us, no other God died for us, washed us from sin. There's no other God placed His Spirit in us. It is God alone. No other God deserves that worship but this God, this God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, the Savior of the whole world. Paul said in Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. And I'm thankful today and I know that God's done so much for us. God's been been so faithful. How could we not worship Him? But I I, want to be careful. I don't want to ever Think that hey, I can stand by myself. I won't ever get to the place where I feel like, look what I can do. I don't. He said, "Well, I, man, God's done too much for me. It won't happen." Just read about your brothers and your sisters in the Scripture and learn from those examples, because I could not even imagine. After I watched God open up the Red Sea, I can't imagine ever not trusting god but just a few days out from that great miracle we're starving to death we ought to be sitting by the flesh pots in in egypt we ought to be you know or you know you we just we should just died by the hand of the lord there but you brought us out here moses into the wilderness to to be destroyed and moses like who are we and so he tells them again and shows them how God works and God is faithful and, and God brings manna and quail. Well, that ought to be enough. And then they start complaining about being thirsty. I guess we're going to die of thirst. Us, our children, our cattle, everything we got, just going to perish of thirst. Really. God delivered you out of Egypt, brings you through the Red Sea, feeds you from, with bread from heaven so you can die of thirst. Yeah, that's, that's what God does. And so he says, just check this out. And he brings water out of the rock. And waters them. And it's on and on and on. So, so it's very important that we make sure that we know the direction of our worship. That we know who we worship and what he's done. Don't forget the things that God has done. Don't forget in the good times that it's still God that keeps the good times going. It is God who has brought you through the bad times. It is God who has been faithful even when we are not faithful. God still abideth faithful. Aren't you thankful for it? Now let's lift our hands to Him right now. And let's worship toward heaven. Hallelujah. Come on, I don't want to just be in His presence. I want to get on His property. I want to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. I want to enter into His courts with praise. Hallelujah. Well, we bless you in this house today, O God. We magnify you in this house today, O God. Well, you're worthy of praise and glory. Hallelujah. But yes, Jesus, that's it. Go ahead. Yes, hallelujah. Come on, God's got an answer. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Hallelujah. We're listening. We're listening to you today, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, just continue for a moment. Just continue to lift him up for a moment. No matter what you're going through right now. No matter what you're facing, just lift a praise and a worship up to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All about you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about Sorry, Lord for the thing I've made it. when it's all about you it's hallelujah. all about you all about Jesus. you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah. Let me tell you you might be worshiping right now without an answer in sight but that won't last very long when you worship God you can trust that an answer is on the way it's on the way weeping surely may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning there is an end don't get weary in well doing the scripture says if we faint not in due season we shall reap there's coming an answer there's coming a harvest, there's coming a blessing It's headed your way you can't see it That's all right. Worship God. You can't feel it. That's all right. Worship God. Ain't about feeling it anyway. It's it's, it's what's done. Worship Him. Get your worship headed in the right direction. God's going to bless you for it. Thank you for being in adult class this morning. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. God's going to do some miraculous things. We love you. God bless you.